Matthew Galt, and this is me, muted. I was muted. So sad. Hello out there on the internet. Let's try that again. I am Matthew Galt, and this is Cyber. Folks, some days I think that maybe, maybe we're not all going to make it. It's been a bad week for cryptocurrency, and as of this recording, it's only Tuesday. Bitcoin is down. Ethereum is down. Stablecoin not so stable anymore. The NFT market appears to be on fire. There's copium all around, panic posters, and soothing souls advising everyone to buy the dip. But won't that just exacerbate the problem? Won't that just delay what people outside the crypto space have been waiting to see happen? The great crypto crash. With us here today to answer some of these questions is Motherboard Managing Editor Jordan Pearson. Jordan, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Anytime. My pleasure. All right, so I'll ask the big question up front. Uh, are we in the middle of a crash? Is crypto crashing? Is that actually happening? Uh, yeah, definitely. It's happening. It's real. Everyone's just dealing with it right now. Hope is off the charts. Um, and it's painful. There's a lot of pain going around right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, like, Bitcoin is down. Ethereum is down. Um, that is not entirely unique like uh you know bitcoin lost half its value same thing that's happening now maybe like what was it two years ago or a year ago something like this but i think where we're seeing like a lot of like the real pain is in uh a lot of like the alts that have sort of popped up and taken off with uh the explosion of decentralized finance or DeFi um over the last couple years um that part of the market i think we're clearly seeing uh, was like very overextended, uh, and you know a lot of the tokens that are that are feeling the worst pain now uh, were kind of already down like seventy percent from all time highs. So it's kind of like you know the crash was in a sense already happening, but it was like maybe we'll pull out of it, and it turns out we're not. Um, so it's real. It's just a question of like you know how how evenly distributed will the pain be. And where are those places that are are going to feel it the most? Right, because there's something like what twenty thousand altcoins or something just wild like that. I mean, it's it's thousands, right? Probably more, like <laughs> a lot. There's a lot for sure. So you said uh, said something interesting just now. You said that the crash was already happening. When do you think all of this kind of started, and why are we only talking about it like this week? You know, I. I would say, like, it started probably six months ago, at least. Um, and I think there's there's been a lot of projects uh, that sort of rode a wave of enthusiasm uh, that surrounded DeFi when it started when it started exploding with kind of um, the advent of like loan protocols and staking. Um, and you know, all these protocols that would give you a return, like some, some kind of crazy return, like 20%, 30%, 60% returns, uh, for providing liquidity to the project. Like this was, this was like a, a Cambrian explosion of projects at the time. 
Um, and those, a lot of those, uh, you know, I think like Safe Moon, Phantom, um, a few other examples, uh, like a lot of the SHIB tokens, like they're already down. And a lot of those tokens were sort of searching for a narrative. Like they've been searching for a narrative to kind of like pull out of the downward spiral that they've been in. And I think like this week, like it's kind of like reality is setting in a little bit. It's like, okay, this is real. This is our reality. This is happening. And, you know, some shit's going to go to zero probably. Uh, And we're probably watching it right now Um, because, you know, in the last couple of years, there's been this just like explosion of projects that are kind of like, I mean, they've been described as like perpetual motion machines or like trying to construct a perpetual motion machine for money, which is just like these really complicated mechanics of like one token that's based on another token that's underpinned by like arbitrage and loans and yields and all of this, you know, stuff that it's like, okay, well, if these incentives are all perfectly balanced and the numbers keep going up forever, then we should be good. Um, but that's that's not panning out for a lot of projects, and those are the ones that are that are kind of seeing the most pain. Speaking of cope, I just want to highlight this. Uh, Edward, who's been on the show before and is an incredible writer, has has highlighted um, this in an article today. If I can find the actual thread, yeah, all right. This is the uh, uh, the the president of Venezuela. Is that right or El Salvador? El Salvador. El Salvador. El Salvador. El Salvador. Yeah. Um, showing off throw it up for the audience their plans for a bitcoin city city tax haven monument to the I, golden god of crypto <laughs> right this whatever giant, this is this giant palace for moloch in south america um it, it, it's fascinating to me that this kind of thing speaking of searching for a narrative comes out in the middle of this crash, mm-hmm. right? Like, how do you spin this? Like, how is anything like this possible? It really, this was my favorite one, the volcano <laughs> ring. I just love that so much. Um, like why, why in the face of overwhelming financial collapse is this kind of stuff being posted by the president of a country? Yeah. Well, I mean that city, like, it's tough to talk about because it's like, it's clearly delusional, but right. it's not even like delusional. It's like, it's in the same thing as like the line or neom or these other kind of like utopian um, investor led technocratic city projects that have been proposed. Um, but I think like, you know, that kind of thing flies right now um, for a reason that's very specific to Bitcoin, which is that, Yes, it's painful, but uh, this is not existential for Bitcoin, in my opinion. And that's a really important detail here, I think. Um, Because, I mean, this is not the first time that Bitcoin has shed 50% of its value, even in, like, recent years. Uh, This is, like, a typical cycle that Bitcoin goes through. If I had to, like, bet money on it, I would, uh, you know, short of investing in Bitcoin, uh, which I haven't done. Um, is that, you know, Bitcoin is not going to go to zero. Um, Bitcoin will recover. And like we're seeing that like uh, a lot of the shifts in Bitcoin are sort of happening in line with larger macro shifts in terms of like how the stock market is doing. So we're talking about the crypto crash, but 
everything is crashing. Like it, the giant bubble that is the economy is uh, tanking right now. And we're seeing like Bitcoin is also tanking, but I wouldn't say it's tanking like out of step with what we're seeing with like just the stock market in general. So that's a really interesting trend that has kind of been emerging emerging over the years. And I think we're seeing has really been solidified, which is the extent to which like movements in Bitcoin price are tied to just like larger macroeconomic effects and like the movement of the stock market. So it's like, yes, a 50% crash is not good obviously it's very volatile uh but then you look at like netflix and like peloton stock and stuff and it's like okay like this is not just bitcoin like there are larger factors at play here and like there's you know every reason to think that like bitcoin will survive this um you know just like a lot of stocks will survive the stock crash but that being said like you know it's about like where the pain is being distributed so like bitcoin might survive and probably will survive. Ethereum, same thing. But a lot of these kind of like, because like you mentioned, like there's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of projects outside of these two major coins um, that have like really complicated and really risky uh, sort of mechanics and strategies that are really based on the number going up. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of that wash out right now. Um, which is very painful, but I think not unexpected. I think even a lot of people in crypto saw this coming, uh, and specifically Bitcoiners saw this coming. What were the signs? I mean, it's just the signs are like written in big neon, like, like it's like so it's like, like a marquee theater sign. Like, so it, just was, like you know, it was gas- written on the. Gas prices, yeah, like, commodities, interest rates, the Fed's jacking up the interest rates, like all that stuff. It's like all the classic well, even, economic stuff. Yeah, not even that, though. Like, I mean, like, in terms of, like, I, I think we're probably going to talk about this later, but, like, with um, the the UST DPEG, which is a stable coin that's supposed to be pegged one to the one to one to the US dollar, um, I mean, a lot of people saw this, saw that coming just, just because of how it works uh which is like you know you have like one token supporting another and as long as that token's value is good then everything's good um but you know the obvious criticism that a lot of people made is that well it's not always going to be good like that's just the world and you know it seems kind of inevitable that eventually you know there's going to be some kind of disruptive event that you know really disrupts this kind of like perfect ideal system that exists up here and works really well as long as nothing bad happens. Um, But something really bad is happening. Um, And so, you know, it's kind of taking its predictable uh, course of events in the eyes of a lot of people who have criticized um, some of the more like algorithmic uh, stablecoin models and different things in DeFi uh, that, you know, are... Let's let's back up for the for the uninitiated for the people that are listening that may not that don't have any idea what we're talking about right now. What is a stable coin? Um, I understand that it, like you said, it's pegged one to one for the dollar. Like, why do we need that? Why is there a need for that in the space? Um, and it's at what ninety cents to the dollar right now? Is that right? Something like that, and it dipped to like to like seventy cents on the dollar, which mm-hmm. is not good, not good at all. Um, so, I mean. 
these things exist, like stable coins exist for exactly everything that we're discussing right now. Like crypto is volatile. It goes up and it goes down. Um, and if you're an investor, like sometimes what you need is just, you know, a dollar, a dollar that stays a dollar and you can port it around and, you know, use it for different things, a but it's a dollar and you can depend on it. A dollar for the next month and you don't have yeah, to think it, about it. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a dollar and you can use it across the ecosystem without having to worry about like fluctuations across like every little thing that you're doing. Um, so there's a few different stable coins uh, out right now. Like the biggest ones are Tether and USDC. Um, and those are like kind of like legacy stable coins. Those are sort of based on just a very simple idea of like we have the money um, and all of our tokens are redeemable for one US dollar um, based on our reserves. Um, so obviously that's like that's a complicated that's a little more complicated in reality because it's like. You know, Tether was initially saying we have dollars um, that turned out, you know, the story sort of changed. And now it's like, oh, well, we have some sort of mix of assets and investments. But don't worry, it's all backed. Mm -hmm. You know, we have the funds. Right. Um, and so we sort of have this like new crop of uh, coins that popped up in sort of the sort of the DeFi uh, explosion that uh, are based on more uh, like automated uh, mechanics and also just like pumping money into it effectively. Um, so with something like uh, UST, which is the the Terra token and the Luna ecosystem that we're sort of talking about right now, um, the idea was basically like you have these two tokens. One is the stable coin UST, and one is this other token Luna. And you know you can always redeem one Luna for. Uh, you know, one UST and one UST for $1 in Luna, no matter the actual price of Luna. So Luna can fluctuate, but ideally UST remains stable and they're redeemable back and forth. So uh, if like you, I, maybe I'm explaining, I hope I'm explaining this right. It's if I'm so, wrong, it sounds just, like, like, just look it up. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's for crypto people that want to have their cake and eat it too, right? Here's the stable thing that's connected to this a little bit more volatile thing. That's the speculative. Maybe they would argue about the use of the, the term speculative, uh, but is meant to be more of a commodity meant to be traded, meant to go up in price to the moon, as they say. Right. Right. Okay. So it's like, it's kind of like trying to balance um, like supply and demand and saying that like, we have this like perfect $1 peg that emerges from these like incentives of like supply and demand between Luna and UST. Uh, because like if UST goes below $1, then you can always redeem it for $1 worth of Luna. And, you know, if Luna's price is high, then you convert, you can convert that into a lot of UST, which are just like dollars. Right, so there's it's a pretty known, good deal. There's a known floor. If yes, things go real exactly. bad. Gotcha. That's right. Uh, and like, even like one layer deeper is that like, you know, Luna itself is being propped up by like, uh, by a foundation, essentially, uh, LFG, let's fucking go, or uh, Luna Foundation Guard, I think is the acronym. So, and like, so basically, this like stable coin is being propped up by like this, like, this sort of perfectly balanced system of supply and demand, which is in reality propped up by like just like pumping money into it and trying to like make the market yourself. And also, like, uh, with what are called, like, bribes on, uh, like, uh, 
loan platforms like Curve and Anchor that are sort of incentivizing people to like lock up lock up their tokens and support the ecosystem. So you can already tell that like this is like extremely complicated and you can imagine that like if you can arrange this house of cards just perfectly and nobody blows on it ever well, it- and everything will be fine. All of the alarm but, bells in my brain are screaming scam, scam, as you talk about that. And I know that that's not quite what's actually going on here. But you, you're just saying things and in such a way that like I, my the financial lizard brain inside of me goes like, no, this is a bad idea. Maybe we shouldn't do yeah. this. And you're not alone. Like even a lot of Bitcoiners were like, well, <laughs> this doesn't sound like it's going to end well and will probably be bad for crypto like overall. Um, so, but anyway, like, uh, I, I kind of forgot how we got on this topic, but like, but this kind of like the idea of like these really complicated systems and like algorithmic protocols that depend on like one token propping up another token propped up by like billions of dollars propped up by like, you know, like paying people to like contribute to the platform. Um, it's like all of this stuff, like people convinced themselves that it would remain good forever. People bought um, Super Bowl advertisements. Right. right. And like, I mean, which is uh, always, even, which for a new tech or a new thing is almost always a sign that it's about to go really badly. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, in terms of those advertisements, like, I feel like, I feel like you have to be like really, really deep into crypto to really get exposed to the investment risk of something like Terra and Luna. Um, because like, it's so complicated. You have to like be really into it and like, you know, know how to like stake and like how to like remove, like unvest your tokens and all of these things. Um, so I mean, yeah, like basically what we're seeing right now is that like, there's, you know, there's some disruption in the markets in the wider macro sense and this like perfectly balanced at one time sort of house of cards is now like not working out so well and like whether that like with ust in particular like whether that'll get fixed like maybe it's possible like they're and they're like the foundation is now trying to work on like ways to like take out loans against its like bitcoin holdings and like deploy capital to like support the protocol and like maybe more investors will get involved and like sort of like bail it out um as we've seen before um, but yeah, that, that's basically what's happening. Like we're seeing kind of like, uh, like it's almost like, you know, the butterfly flaps its wings and then like across the world, there's like a tornado in, right. uh, Kansas or wherever. All right. Cyber listeners, we're going to pause there for a break. If you are watching the show on Twitch, we will be back immediately. If you're listening to the podcast, stick around. Here's a few, uh, pe- here's a few words from our lovely sponsors and we will be right back after this. All right, cyber listeners, welcome back. This is Matthew Galt. I am talking to Jordan Pearson about the cryptocurrency crash. 
that we are all experiencing. Turns out we are not all going to make it. Um, Jordan, how are the communities handling all of this? What is going on online right now? What are the memes saying? Uh, Max Cope, basically. Um, it's like, I mean, it's it's kind of morbid, but like crypto Twitter is very entertaining during a crash just because everyone is trying to like sort of get out their like psychological turmoil in the form of posts, um, which I think we can all agree has led to some of the best posts throughout the history of the Internet. Um, and although like, I mean, obviously I have sympathy for people who invested like, you know, thousands of dollars, uh, maybe even their savings and like have lost it. Obviously that's terrible. Um, but I mean, there's the usual like McDonald's posting, uh, like, you know, going to be getting a job at McDonald's soon, this type of thing. But also like the conspiracies I have found pretty entertaining. Like there's like a conspiracy that, uh, like, citadel uh which is the the investment firm and like market maker um that was involved with robin hood and has kind of been like a subject of a lot of conspiracy theories around the whole gamestop thing like people are saying like oh you know citadel is like shorting uh luna and terra and is like as uh, revenge as at behalf no no sir of course, of course, it is at the behest of Janet Yellen oh, and the U.S. Okay. government. Gotcha. Directly, this goes straight to the top. If you didn't know, right? Because they wouldn't um, rather just figure out a way to easily tax all of the all of that stuff as securities and create new regulations to profit off of it. They'd rather just destroy it. That makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, but I mean, like, yeah. So there's there's a lot of that. Um, there's a lot of like I told you so's coming from like certain corners, and there's a lot of just panic i would say like you know uh do Kwan, who is uh the person behind uh tara and luna is you know posting updates being like we're coming up with a plan don't worry like deploying capital blah 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 um so i mean it's there's a lot of drama a lot of cope a lot of i told you so and uh just yeah a lot of a lot of panic it's it's fairly ugly uh, in equal measure to being entertaining, I would say. Okay, so how bad do you think this is all going to get? I mean, I, I can't tell the future, obviously, but something tells me it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, particularly for maybe kind of like the alts and DeFi that we've been talking it's, about. It's going to get worse before it stabilizes. Yes, more than definitely. Better, right. I think so. And like, I mean, I don't know about Bitcoin and Ethereum. Like, I feel like those are going to be more correlated to um, like general, you know, sort of like macro stock market uh, and economic factors. Those I think will probably recover. I could be very wrong. Maybe they won't. Um, But if I had to guess, I would say the most like I would say like there's been a bit of like this crash has really kind of led to some disillusionment. Um, with a lot of the newer tokens and sort of DeFi projects that were basically already like 70% down, let's say, as I mentioned before, and sort of persisting solely on hype and hope and, you know, sort of like wild plans for the future. Um, there were there are a lot of projects that have been limping through the last like six months just based on that. Uh, and I would guess a lot of those um, are just going to... Um, you know, maybe they'll go to zero or maybe they'll continue to limp along, but it's not going to be good. And I think it's going to get worse, uh, for a lot of 
uh, sort of like not like the core cryptos of like Bitcoin and Ethereum and like Tether and a few of those, but like a lot of like the thousands of sort of DeFi uh, meme coin altcoin projects that have sprung up. Uh, there's going to be more pain there if I had to guess. Will we finally be free of Doge? Is that what you're telling me? I don't know, man. I actually haven't <laughs> checked in on Doge. Well, there's How's like it a doing? Uh, there's a mystery mystery person that holds a huge chunk of it, right? If I recall correctly, are you gonna? Are you gonna? I wouldn't surprise. I'm gonna. I'm gonna check on Do- Doge right now. For uh, first time. Uh, live reading of the Doge coin here on Cyber. Oh, Doge is up. Doge, Doge is up. up. We're outperforming. We're outperforming the market, fam. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, it, it's up relative to like an overall crash. <laughs> uh, so if you zoom out, <laughs> it's so funny because like like coin market cap or whatever you're using is like, holy shit, Doge is up point three three percent. Let's fucking go! But then it's like you zoom out and it's just like a red line straight down to infinity. It's like, um, we'll see how this goes. I don't know. (laughs) There's a lot of coins like that. Like if you zoom out to like the six month or like the year, um, it gets pretty ugly. It's hard to see how a lot of this stuff kind of pulls out from the spiral. And I'm like, there's a feeling, I think, that like this is sort of the nail in the coffin in terms of like, you know, the hype is not going to sustain um, all of this forever. There have nice. to be some fundamentals. Yeah. Wow. If you look at the year to date on Doge, it's really funny <laughs> because it is just like, yeah, I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull it up. I mean, it's funny, but then you're like, oh, there are some know, people who like really believe in it and like really put all their money into it. I shouldn't, um, I shouldn't let my schadenfreude get in the way. Right. But yeah, we're looking at right there. So it is, it is up, but okay. So this is something I like sh- it's up. It's like down and it's like, yeah. Up. Oh my God. <laughs> right. Okay, this is something I struggle with in this space, actually. Um, you know, we report on it, and I think there's an inclination for us to I I will all right, I'll speak for myself. I have an inclination to dance on graves and to make fun of these people. Because I don't invest in it. I think um I have pretty strong opinions about it. When you are you you always temper me when we're in editing. And when we're having conversations, um, how do you maintain that view? How do you not look at all of this stuff and kind of like a giggle and lose it and feel like these people deserve what's coming to them? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? How do you approach this topic with empathy? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the first thing, I guess, like, you know, these like this, like this is people's lives. Um you know, for every like whale who like dumped like a rounding error in their portfolio into Doge, um, you know, there are people who like have actually dumped, you know, their actual savings into like Doge or like not even Doge, like much, much worse. Like there are levels going down here um, and like people have been chasing that. So I think it's good to like keep in mind um, that like this is this is people's lives but also, like, I mean, crypto is here, and, like, it is here to stay. It's been here for a decade. Like, it, it, is, it is easy, and it is 
fair, I would say, to take like a hard stance against it all because like it's like capitalism to the like nth degree, like ultimate and form of like end stage capitalism, like the tip of like the everything bubble, like the bubble on top of the bubble, like that's all fair. And like, I completely understand taking a stance against that. And like, I'm not even speaking about like my personal beliefs about it. Um, but I mean, if you even think about like NFTs, like it's wild that we're here. Like, I mean, digital collectibles like you could not have sold people on that idea like you know 10 years ago because it like like blockchains are real like they like we have this thing that can like convince people that like these digital things are like scarce and like there's like a sufficient level of like technological development to like sort of establish that precedent which is like yes, ultimately a fiction, right? Um, but the fact that we're like at this level now uh, of like you know how like Board Ape Yacht Club ha- Yacht Club has like exploded and different things like that, like it's hard to see how we're going back. Um, so I think like you know it it it's good to take this stuff seriously, yeah. Um, which doesn't mean like promote it or boost it. Um, but take it seriously uh, and, you know, dive into like what it really all means and what effects it's really having. Because like, I do find that like a lot of like, I'm not, I'm not talking about you or any, or anyone in particular, like obviously, you know, right. we have a great working relationship and like, uh, I think I'm more commenting on just like commenters that I've seen on like, yeah. Twitter or there's, like there's other people publications. That are, there's people that have been extremely cruel to people that are really going through some horrifying stuff online. Yeah. yeah, and like also just like dismissing it all, um, which I think is not the it, it's not like very forward looking and probably not good ultimately. Like even if you think crypto is like the worst thing in the world, you should probably still understand it yeah. because it's really important to understanding like capitalism right now. If if you know that's where you're coming from, um, like someone who I really like who's who's doing this is. Uh, Evgeny Morozov, I don't know if I said his name right, um, but uh, his latest thing, he's kind of come out of retirement a little bit uh, to do the crypto syllabus, um, which is like a critical um, look at the crypto world. And I really appreciate that because I feel like that's been lacking, which is like, it's criticism, but it comes from like a place of like, okay, like we, we actually have to understand this on like a deep level, a mechanical level, a nitty gritty level, um, because it won't do simply to just like hand wave it away because you can't, it's reality. You can't hand, you can't hand wave away reality, uh, which like for better or for worse, uh, crypto is our, is our reality at the moment. Is that what we're looking at here? That's it. That's it. Okay. I'm going to drop. People should check this out. It's really good. It's, it's, uh, it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to drop the link in the chat. And then I also have a good question from chat. I think it kind of speaks to what we're talking about here. Um, so if this is from Toddy uh, underscore WM, are you aware of resources for people who are experiencing stress, depression, et cetera, with this volatility? I know there's programs for people with gambling addiction, but what about crypto? 
Well, I mean, yes, there are, um, like, I am aware that there are centers that are treating, um, you know, they're treating people who, who it's, it's under like an addiction, um, like paradigm as far as I'm aware, but like crypto is part of that. I guess like, you know, I'm a little concerned for that, uh, this viewer, like if you are experiencing this, um, you really should reach out to, um, you know, people in your life, uh, whether that's like parents or friends, um, or just someone that like you trust. Uh, and you know, there also like is help available, um, from like, you know, various crisis hotlines or, or calling up a therapist if you have one available to you. Um, they do have a, yeah, follow, it, they it, do have a follow up here, uh, only asking because crypto feels oddly emotional or philosophical mm-hmm. for some people rather than say like stocks or traditional investing. Yeah, I would say that's probably true <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I mean like this stuff becomes people's entire, entire lives. Um, because like, yeah, they're invested in it, not only on like, uh, just like a pure, like financial level, but also like an ideological level, um, because you know, they're, they're libertarians or gold bugs or whatever the case may be. Um, I mean, yeah, like it's affecting people deeply, no doubt. And I know it's very easy to sort of say like, well, those people deserve whatever they're feeling. Um, but I think taking a more systemic view, like, you know, we should have sympathy for people um, who are caught up in like basically any aspect of capitalism and like find themselves a victim ultimately. Well, and some of these people are being, especially like on the NFT side of things in the, in like the sort of call the lower rung of the NFT space are essentially being taken in by like scams and almost like, cult i wouldn't i would hesitate to call them a cult but cult like groups that experience that exhibit cult like behavior or use some of the techniques of cults in order to get people to buy into this stuff right and i would feel like there's a certain amount of victimization going on there you know and it and if you don't think you can get swept up in that like you just gotta have the right you just gotta have a bad year and have the right set of circumstances lock into place and have the right person tell you the wrong thing at the wrong time. And you very easily end up being someone that's talking about slurping ape juice online, you know? Yeah. Before you know it. Um, yeah. I mean like if you check out these like project discords, yeah. um, because every, every crypto project has a discord um, with like thousands of members and like, there are people who hang out in there like, you know, all day, every day. Um, just like chatting it up and like, you know, what are they getting out of it? They're not like a developer. They're not like, um, you know, they're not someone who's like part of the core team or something. They're just looking for a community really. Um, so yeah, I mean like, I think a lot of people are probably getting like a very rude awakening, um, this week. Uh, and like, yeah. we'll probably continue to, and like the word, the saddest thing is that there's, there's a lot of people who will just continue holding on to whatever like shit coin is like currently going to zero. But like, you know, the devs are saying like, hold on, hold on. Like we have like a metaverse coming. We have like a game that's in the works that'll like never get developed or whatever the case may be. Like yeah. there's so many of these. Um, 
And like, I mean, like, it's interesting you mentioned NFTs because that is a space where there's going to be a lot of pain and there already is a lot of pain. And it's kind of similar to like Bitcoin and Ethereum where like you have these like giant blue chip collections that are probably going to be fine. Like, you know, based on all indications we're seeing, like the floor price, the floor price, which is like the minimum price for a particular NFT on uh, Board Ape Yacht Club has like gone down, but it's not cratered. Like everything's down. Uh, and it's like fine, like it's still like a hundred ETH for uh, like the base. That's ETH. still a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Um, but I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? Like, there's like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of NFT projects that popped up and took people's money, and like people spent thousands of dollars on NFTs um, that are just not going to have a buyer on the other end of that transaction. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I mean we're we we are seeing and are probably going to see some pullback uh, in the NFT market, just like in the wider crypto market, some consolidation to like more like established or like blue chip projects, uh, and like everything that's kind of on the periphery of that, which is a lot. Um, you know, people are going to lose a lot in that, and uh, yeah, that that's happening for sure. I think as well. Who. I almost hesitate to ask this because I don't think there's good answers, but like, do you have any advice for people that are holding the bag right now? I mean, like, I don't want to tell people what to do with their money, but I would say like, be smart. Um, another thing to keep in mind is that like, cause, uh, we just did an article on or, uh, Maxwell Strawn, mm-hmm. uh, who is a senior editor here, um, just wrote a story, uh, that, you know, I contributed on a, and a couple other people did as well about, um, like crypto shills, like, a lot, I would say, like to people, like a lot of what if you're thinking about selling because your particular token is like heading to zero and you can see it, but then you go to Twitter and you see all these people saying to the moon, don't worry, like hold on, everything's good. I'm just going to tell you right now, a lot of those people are being paid to say that. Uh, so go with your gut, be smart, um, and like don't listen to positivity online i would say i don't think you can trust it um just just be smart go with your gut uh and uh don't be left holding the bag it's the only advice i can give jordan pearson thank you so much for coming on to cyber and walking us through this uh we've got a big piece on this coming out is it do you think tomorrow Probably tomorrow, yeah. Probably, if you're listening to the podcast, maybe by the time you hear this, it'll be out on the website, kind of about the crypto crash. Um, If you like us, Cyber the Show, we are streaming on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv forward slash motherboard TV where you can sign up to follow us, get notified when we go live. If you're listening on the podcast, we love you. Thank you for tuning in. You help keep the show going. Leave us some comments. Uh, Send us an email. Give us a star rating. It does help other people find the show. And I will be back a little bit later this week uh, with another conversation about uh, all the stuff that's going on on the internet. I think we may get a little nuclear on the next episode. Uh, I look forward to sharing that with y'all. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye. Oh, you know what? It'd probably help if I played the outro music that I'm supposed to play here at the end. When I do that whole spiel I just did, this is live podcasting, everybody. Sometimes the host forgets to play the outro tune. So we're just going to sit with it for a second. Just you, me, Jordan, the music. It's nice. 
very relaxed. That's nice. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 